Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have a conversation with John Shigarian, co-founder, chairman, and CEO of ERI, the nation's leading fully integrated IT and electronics asset disposition provider and cybersecurity-focused hardware destruction company. He is also the co-author of the number one best-selling book, The Insecurity of Everything, How Hardware Data Security is Becoming the Most Important Topic in the World. We discuss his journey through recycling electronic waste for environmental and sustainability reasons, the importance of data protection, insights on hardware hacking, and the responsibility that consumers have when disposing of our old devices. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, John. How are you today? It's great to be here with you, Demetrius. All right. Why don't you start us off, John, by just giving a short rundown about yourself. And I know you you hate bragging on yourself with all of the credentials that you carry. Just tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and also ERI, if you don't mind. Yeah, I grew up in New York City and I now live in uh, Fresno, California with my wife and children and my granddaughter. And uh, I'm I'm the co-founder and CEO of ERI, and ERI has become the largest electronic waste recycling and hardware data destruction company in the United States. All right. So you are the co-founder of the largest recycler of e-waste. So this is not regular waste. This is is the waste that's more important than the other waste. So this is e-electronic digital things, right? Maybe maybe you can just explain exactly what type of waste is e-waste. It's, it's everything like you just said, digital. It's everything from a cell phone to earbuds to large television sets and your white goods. And even the electronics now that are found inside of EV cars and other, they now have hard drives. So electronics or anything with a cord or anything that has a battery in it, we recycle it. And what, what we used to say as well is IoT. You've heard that term, right? Yes. Internet of Things. So anything that, that has an IP address and a MAC address that can go online is, 100%. is something that's trackable, ends up turning into waste, right? E-waste. And electronic waste, Demetrius, when I got in this business two, 20 years ago or so, was the fastest growing solid waste stream in the world. Now, 20 years later, it's not only the fastest growing solid waste stream, it's the fastest growing solid waste stream by an order of magnitude of two to three times because of what you just said, because of cars becoming, automobiles becoming computers on wheels, white goods becoming, having hard drives in them, internet of things. You have all those wonderful gadgets that we all love, the wearables and the Nest and the Ring and all these other things, drones and everything else. So the world has changed dramatically and electronics have become ubiquitous to our lives. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I'm not as old as, as I look. 
and I'm I'm glad this is an audio only podcast. Uh, so <laughs> you don't look old anyway, so I don't know what you're talking about, Demetrius. <laughs> well, I, I count the gray hairs every day. I think I have like six or seven now. So it's you have a lot less than me. Let's just say that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so just overall, this entire conversation, um, just around e waste, and I wouldn't have have imagined in the last uh, twenty years that we would start having these conversations about things like cell phones and even uh, these new electric vehicles that, you know, there are things within them that are computerized that, you know, they go out of date and they, they need to be to, to be updated and discarded. Something like data destruction and destroying data, the importance of it, because you're talking all of the different pieces of equipment, they continue to bring in data and information and that information sits on these devices. So how do you get rid of it, right? So what is that that evolution? How did that evolution come about? I'm sure you have a a different story than than the one than the one that I've seen. Yeah, well, e-waste, you know, first of all, it contains Demetrius, just for our listeners' um, uh, knowledge, contains mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic, beryllium. So there's a lot of harmful items in it if it gets into our landfills. And typically, what happens when electronics or any item gets into a landfill? Landfills get rained on, which is natural, and then the, the liners inside of landfills have holes, so they leak. That gets into our ground and water supply, which eventually makes its way back into our vegetation, animals, and, and then, of course, human beings. So we don't want all those harmful items to potentially get back into our ecosystem, number one. And in electronic waste, when we started studying the industry back in 2002, Electronic waste was the dark side, the backside of the technological revolution. So when all these great innovators came up with these wonderful products that better connected us in business and our personal lives and made our lives more fun, more enjoyable, more connected, they never were thinking about what happens when these items come to their end of life. That's where a company like ERI stepped in and we sort of created a new industry that didn't exist before. So how, how do you go go from okay we have a lot of different types of devices and this we're in this digital transformation right how do you, does one just sit around and think you know what maybe i want to get in that business how, how did that that come about john well it's all it's you know when when, when you're a serial entrepreneur demetrius what, what, what sort of sort, sort of the process that happens is you think about white spaces that you see in the world voids that you see in the marketplace and then you have to do sort of an algorithm math that says, wait a second, can I be part of the solution? Can the solution be profitable on a small level? And then you start saying, well, if it's profitable on a small level, can it be profitable and commercializable on a large level? And then if you say yes to all those things, then you have to also say, since we all have only 24 hours in the day and limited time here on this wonderful planet, you have to also say, does it really matter to me? Is this an issue that's important to me personally that I actually want to get involved? And once we checked those boxes, then we dove in. And that's what we did with ERI. And just to give you a little perspective on poundage and everything. So our first month of business, we recycled about 10,000 pounds of electronic waste. Last month, which was about 20 years into it, we recycled, responsibly recycled 20 million pounds of electronic waste. So it's 
it's exploded. And, you know, we have 12 buildings in eight states. We cover every zip code in the United States, the lower 48 and Alaska and Hawaii. So it's grown tremendously. But that's still what's the sad fact is, according to the United Nations, only 17 percent of all electronics that are being used on this planet are being responsibly recycled. So we're still on the top of the first inning, Demetrius. There's still a long way to go. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And I, I immediately thought that it was going to jump from that small number into the millions because you just think about our teenagers and how kids, everything is just digitally done now. I mean, they don't have conversations anymore uh, by picking up the telephone the way we used to. They They text and they go to all these different apps. You know, I have daughters. So it's definitely the, the way that uh, I, I want them to call me, but they just want to text and, and uh, shoot a message off. But That's so true. Even my kids are the same way. My kids are older than your kids, but they much rather text me than call me. It's a whole different world than we grew up in, Demetrius. Yeah, and so you, so you mentioned some of the environmental things, you know, just with the way that the waste and all of the different types of things that go into the ground. I mean, it's just overall, you know, horrible for the for the water system, et cetera. But what, what's more important? Is it the environmental aspect of it? Or what about the, the actual data protection aspect of it? Which which one would you have to say is the, is the most important, if there is one? I'm going to date myself and use an old movie reference, but that's like the Sophie's Choice of our industry. It's you know, listen, there's nobody, Demetrius, you and I know that we'll run into in our day-to-day life or even in our travels. There's nobody that's that doesn't want their children, their spouses, their grandchildren to drink cleaner water, breathe cleaner air, and leave a cleaner and better planet than we're found when we're born. So everybody's all for a cleaner and better environment. But this issue of cybersecurity has exploded on us, even while we've owned this company. This wasn't part of our lexicon. When we got in this industry, data protection on the hardware side 20 years ago wasn't discussed. You know, paper destruction and data on paper with all the shredded trucks and everything had become sort of ubiquitous to our life. But uh, data destruction and hardware had, hadn't yet emerged. But now it's emerged. And when you start looking at the numbers, Demetrius, the sheer numbers on trends. In 2015, the cyber criminals successfully stole around the world $3 trillion. Short six years later, in 2021, the cyber criminals successfully stole $6 trillion. So this trend is rising. E-waste is rising. So ERI lives in the middle of the convergence of these two major trends, environmental protection and data protection. And honest to gosh, Demetrius, they're both really important, but we can't, we cannot ignore one or the other. Both of them have to be considered when you get rid of your old electronics. Well, I'm I'm glad you didn't pick one over the other. So (laughs) it's kind of scary to to, to maybe think about the way I posed that question. But uh, I think it's important for the gumbo listeners just to understand that there is an environmental aspect as well as the cybersecurity aspect of it, which is very important because there are things like ransomware. And now we have technology with uh, blockchain and Bitcoin, which makes it a lot easier to transfer, you know, financial aspects, you know, the, the money, you know, you can actually encrypt data and transfer money nefariously, you know, using that means, but it's, it's all digitally driven. Now, John, when it comes to 
hardware hacking and you know cybersecurity and a lot of uh, different acts are happening just with data and devices. Like, what are some of the devices that that you have seen and come across your desk or your business that stores personal data that people may not even think about? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Demetrius. And first of all, people don't think about things that have become sort of like furniture, part of our office structures, and they're sort of overlooked. So for instance, a copier machine on its hard drive has every copy that was ever made on it. Every copy. A fax machine has every fax on its hard drive that's ever crossed, come across it. But then also start thinking about st stuff like this. You go to a different city and you rent a car, a new type of car. And while you're fidgeting with the dashboard, it's asking you for information and prompting you. And you, you say, I accept, I accept. And before you know it, by the time you turn the car back in, when you accepted one of the prompts, it, it was basically downloading all of your information and your contacts and your personal information from your tablet or your cell phone. And now the next user has access to all of your information. Very scary stuff. I'll give you an example of something that just happened about a month and a half ago, but it came across my news feed that your listeners should hear about. A lovely couple went to go enjoy a fun vacation day in Disney World in Florida. And they were on one of the rides together. And it was one of the more vigorous rides, Demetrius. And during that ride, it was a wearable watch. It was one of the more fancy and updated uh, electronic watches that that uh, tracks your, uh, your steps, your respiration, heartbeat, all that wonderful stuff. And it flew off during the ride. And she was very upset. And she flagged the employees. And the employee said, listen, let's let the ride finish. When it stops, we'll send the employees to go look for it. And they did, to their word. They searched for an hour. They couldn't find it. And the, the husband and the wife looked at each other and said, okay, the watch is gone, but let's, let's not lose the day. Let's still enjoy the day. So they enjoyed the day together. And by the time they made it back to their hotel room later that night, about 8 or 8.30, they opened up their laptops like we all would do. And they started just looking about uh, at emails and stuff that came in during the day. And they saw a bunch of fraud alerts came in. So they started calling up these services and they found out that within that eight, nine hour period, about $40,000 in charges had been put on their their credit cards wow. because of that lost watch. Man, that is scary. Jeez. Well, I, I, and that's just a small story. And we yeah. have a lot of other stories like that, but much more catastrophic. So that's just a small story for your for your listeners to understand that it's a serious business to appropriately dispose of your all your old electronics when they come to their end of life. Yeah, that, that is a scary story. And I, I have a lot of conversations just around ransomware and just the, the past two or three years. It's a matter of not if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when it's going to happen because you know we're, we're getting more digital and we're buying more electronics and you know there's just a, a an overall tr a trend that we want it fast and we're storing more information on more different types of devices now i also saw that that you wrote a a book uh, I, I love the title of it insecurity of everything w what do you hope readers will will gain from that book and i know later on you you're going to uh, make an announcement for for the gumbo listeners so 
I'm 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 gonna wait okay. before I, okay. I spill the beans. But okay. let's hear about this book and you know what's the takeaways. Yeah, our partners and I, Demetrius. Thanks for asking about the book. We got together and you know we weren't trying to create the next American uh, you know best selling novel. We you know we're not Shakespeare or anything like that. But we wanted to write a book because of the massive void in the marketplace, both in media and in business and, in, and with consumers out there about the appropriate ways to dispose of your old electronics and destroy the data that's contained therein. So we wrote the book just to, as an education tool, as an education tool to, to help people learn about all the risks that are surrounding your old electronics and and. We don't want anyone to make a mistake because of the avoid in, in knowledge and or or to make a mistake just out of benign neglect. We want people to make informed decisions when they're deciding how to get rid of their old hardware. And that was the purpose hmm. of the book. OK, yeah, I, I really like that. And I, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy as well. I guess I am a bad host now. I, I should have read your book before you came on the show. No. <laughs> No, no, but no, no. Don't worry about it. I, We're going to get you I, a I look forward to it. And, you know, one thing that, that popped in my head here was just, you know, how did you guys fare over the the pandemic? And I know it, a lot of businesses went under. Some businesses thrived, like Zoom. Yeah. I mean, Zoom had astronomical yeah. wealth because, yeah. you know, everyone went remote and started doing virtual meetings, yeah. et cetera. But I'm just wondering, how did the business look for you um, just during the pandemic? Did it things increase or decrease or how did that look? That's a great question, but I'm gonna, I want to carefully explain okay. what happened. So a couple of things happened during the pandemic. A, we all got shelter in place, you know, almost automatically. We were all told to stay shelter in place. Now, because we handle electronic waste, which is still part of the greater waste enterprise, we were considered a necessary business to stay open for society's purposes. The one, one thing you don't want to have uh, during a pandemic where everyone's worried about health and hygiene is waste piling up anywhere. So uh, because of the work that we do, not only for the, the great citizens of this country and other countries, but also because we deal with great organizations like the Department of Justice and Homeland Security and other defense contractors, Raytheon and Boeing, all of our businesses stayed open. We never were shut for one day, which was a blessing. And we're very grateful for the leadership of the government, both uh, local governments and the federal government on that issue of keeping the waste companies open and running. Secondarily, when you look in, in hindsight as the statistics of how America spent its money during the pandemic. They did two things, Demetrius. The first thing they did is they paid down personal debt. People didn't want all the debt hanging over them, so they paid down as much of their personal debt as possible. The second thing they did with their money is they bought electronics, and uh, and that's which was a fascinating statistic that I recently was made aware of. Now, what happened was we all then left our cozy offices that were set up by our chief technology officers or chief information security officers, and then we had to go home. And now those officers and those and those leaders from those companies uh, that we work for would send hardware home now to our homes so we could set up our Zoom calls and all do our all business out of our homes. Well, what did that really do? That created a duality of platforms. You had your cell phone and your laptop or tablet for your personal use. That was your own personal stuff. And then you had the hardware 
that your business sent to you for your business use. Well, what happened to all of us, and I am no different than any other human being here in this country or anywhere else in this world, is eventually we became so comfortable in our little home ecosystem that without even thinking about it, we started using our business devices for personal calls or personal emails, and then our personal devices for business calls or business emails. And what that's called really in this industry, Demetrius, is a cross-contamination of information. So that created new risks for companies and organizations that now had their their all the data of their clients and of and of their and of their goodwill secrets now on people's personal devices in their home and also for the citizens of this country and other countries around the world their their personal information was on their business hardware so a whole new level of care has had to be created to handle this these issues yeah that's that's a very important important point that you made there um i almost forgot about sheltering in place it's only been what two years now and i mean right it was like doomsday i mean i went outside i was sitting on my deck i hadn't had a haircut in about what six weeks seven weeks and the sun was shining i recorded a video of myself i kept it and i said hey this is this is this is how i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and look at this video once things have calmed down to see my response but i actually got a lot calmer you know during the pandemic and uh, a lot was happening, but I, I do realize everyone had to go and purchase, turn home office spaces into the office. And I, I got kicked out of my office and I'm, I'm in the corner of a bedroom right now with a green screen behind right. me. So right. I hadn't got out of jail yet, but I'm, I'm waiting to do that. <laughs> um, and, and, and John, like, I want to ask, I used to see those boxes, like dispose of your cell phone in not Circuit City, because Circuit City is out of business, but <laughs> I mean, uh, Best, Best Buy, Buy Best right? Yes. Is it safe to do that? Or I don't, I don't think I've seen one of those lately, but... You're asking a great question. Best Buy was one of the first groups to put in the boxes for consumer returns. It's become massively successful. Millions upon millions of people a year use it. And here's the good little behind the scenes secret. We were the co-creators of that system with them. And, and we manage... Mm -hmm. They have, I think, three or four vendors that manage that those products, and all of those vendors, and we're one of them. Really, uh, we manage. Uh, they make sure all of them have the right certifications, both environmentally speaking and from a data protection wise speaking. Best buys, Best buys policies with regards to recycling electronic waste is the highest standards in the whole world, and we're just proud to be one of their recyclers. So the answer is yes, but you're asking the right question, Demetrius, because. You've got to be careful on who you turn over your old electronics to. And it's fair to ask the people you're turning them over to, what are the certifications of the body that's in charge of recycling them? And they need environmental certifications, which are called in our industry, R2 and E-Stewards are the two best environmental certifications. If they have one or the other, it's fine. ERI has both. And for the data protection certifications, they at least need a NAID certification. And NAID stands for National Association of Information Destruction. ERI not only has NAID certifications at all of our facilities, but we also have SOC 2 certification, which no other recycler in the world has. So 
It's very good to ask those questions because you got to be careful about who you give your old assets to. Yeah, I'm familiar with the SOC 2 certifications. Yeah, it's a very lengthy process to to obtain that certification. So uh, hats off to you, to you and ERI for achieving that. Um, you mentioned just overall the, some of the certifications for recycling and also some of the types of certifications. Now, is is there any like astounding fact or something that you think the gumbo listeners wouldn't know necessarily just about, you know, protecting data and maybe disposing of data that that you think that they would need to know? Yes, I think an anecdote is the best way to share um, that 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 the answer to that question. So, people, you know, because this is still really a new industry and those the risks aren't publicized that greatly about data inside of hardware. Here's a typical story that will happen to us. We'll get a phone call from a, a federal agency in Washington, D.C., and they'll say, we want you to come and recycle uh, all these old assets, and we'll give them a price, and the price will will be commensurate with the, the logistics and the amount of difficulty to pick up all their, their, their stuff. And then we'll never hear from them again. And then about a month later or two months later, I'll ask the salesperson to follow up and just call the the vendor and ask them what happened. And typically an answer could be like this. Well, we got your price and we're very grateful for your bid. But by the way, we found another vendor in your space who said they'll just come up, uh, come come over to our to our warehouses and pick up all the old electronics and hardware for free. And Demetrius, here's the little dirty secret of responsible recycling industry in the e-waste space. There's no such thing as free electronic recycling that's responsible. What happens when they, people say it's free, they'll pick up the old hardware, they'll put it into a container, and they'll sell it to the highest bidder around the world. And here's the scary story, backstory of that. Because on my, in my building here in Fresno, California, we're on the first floor, and on the third floor is the FBI. And not just the FBI, the FBI that's, uh, that also is tied into Homeland Security. So they're called FBI Homeland Security agents. And they've come downstairs and they've educated us to this fact that back in 2001, 2, 3, 4, and 5, the groups that were buying old electronics off of our shores of the United States were buying them to basically burn the plastic or take the plastic off the carcass and then get to the precious metals, the gold, the silver, and, and palladium. And then they would uh, they would monetize those metals. Now, at least 50% of the time, the people that are buying our old electronics in containers off of our shores are trying to buy the data that's contained therein. And they're literally pulling the hard drives, tossing the carcasses into the ocean, the desert, the rivers, or they're burning them. And they're reverse engineering our U.S. Homeland Security secrets or also corporate secrets. So... Uh, the, the, the people buying these electronics have adverse interests to our homeland security. And it's very important for people to realize there's no such thing as free, responsible recycling of old hardware or electronics. Wow, that's scary once again. And, you know, I tell my children all the time that when you post anything, whether it's on your cell phone, on your laptop, on your watch, whatever it is, and you're posting it, it has an IP address and a MAC address, you're leaving a digital footprint. And that digital footprint will follow you 
all around the world. And if someone can follow it, then they know where you are. So I, I always stress that fact, you know, with my children about posting every picture and what they're doing at every moment, which it's just not healthy if you ask me, but it, it's a way of life now. And I understand it's kids, but I digress, John. Uh, but you're right. And listen, it does take a village to raise children, but in a world full of more risks than when we were growing up, Demetrius, and I'm older than you, the, the world was a lot simpler uh, in many, many ways. And I'll tell you what, it's up to us to coach our kids on best practices. It's not left up for other people at this point. Yes, yes. And and one maybe one more question before we, we begin to wrap up. What are you seeing with uh, with blockchain technology and like cryptocurrencies, et cetera? Has that impacted the way that uh, waste, e-waste has been distributed? Uh, maybe with- Great question. It's a great question. It's a little early in the game. Um, we've been approached by some of the bigger blockchain companies to dispose of some of their old hardware when it comes, when it's used up and stuff like that. But that's the only exposure we've had to that industry, really. We haven't really, in terms of the commerce side of it, we're not involved with that. But in terms of handling, appropriately handling their delicate and important um, hardware items, yes, they've approached us about destroying them. And then they just become another important client then. You know, all of our clients are important and we understand they all have different levels of risk that they're willing to stomach and and, and, and others want to want to uh, uh, try to eliminate as much risk as possible. The blockchain people are thinking about this and they're trying to eliminate as much risk as possible by using responsible recyclers like ERI. Yeah, I know they're upgrading like the performance power of these uh, rigs and, you know, they're mining and, right. you know, wow, it's it takes a lot of computing power and electricity to right. continue to generate the different blocks on the chain or whatever. It's a complicated technology, but I think it's it's a futuristic technology where eventually paper money will disappear completely. And um, you're hearing it on on, on the gumbo one day it's going to be a completely digital currency all around the world. Oh. It's bound to happen because you've seen the trends, right, right yeah. John? You've seen 100%. them. <laughs> all right. And so maybe close us out with um, what you plan on uh, offering the gumbo guest uh, on the in- insecurity of everything book. For your very special uh, gumbo listeners, I offer, if they write to you or write to me and request a free copy of The Insecurity of Everything, we will, they just have to send us their name and address, and we will mail them free of charge all compliments of the Gumbo Podcast. We will email them The Insecurity of Everything so they can then avail themselves of what they learn in this book and protect their family and the organizations they're involved with. Awesome. That is, that's a great opportunity. Thank you so much, John, for for doing that. I will definitely set that up so uh, we can have a few of the Gumbo listeners to uh, take a take a look and listen at your book and security of everything. So before you leave, is there any social media or any handles maybe you want to share of how listeners could maybe reach out to you if they need to? Yeah, they, they can find me at ER. Our website is www.eridirect.com. And my email address is jss at eridirect.com. jss 
at eridirect.com. Happy to help any of your listeners as as I really just want to help educate people so people make good decisions and protect their families and protect the businesses and organizations they're involved with. Well, awesome, John. It's been a pleasure to have you on Data Protection Gumbo. And uh, I, I look forward to hearing back to uh, hearing back from some of these uh, listeners, the ones who are interested in your book, and just also overall of the conversation that we've had around e-waste and a conversation that that you don't typically have every day. This is like a once in a lifetime conversation, and then once you hear about it, it's uh, something that you realize that maybe you need to do more of. So thank you for creating this opportunity and handling some of the things that, that we have all been so irresponsible with at one point or, or another. So thank you, John. Demetrius, continued success. I've, I, I really applaud your great show, Data Protection Gumbo. We need more people like you spreading the word. And thank you for having me on your podcast today. It's been a total honor of mine. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.